Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. Oh, it is. It is. The Dono and Frito Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio and streaming all over the internet. Alex Dono alongside Josh Friedman. We are very clearly, we are socially distanced. I'm in, uh, I'm actually at my my parents' house at Palmetto Bay. Frito's over in West Kendall. Now, Frito, you have actually kept tally on the exact number of days since we were last gracing the airwaves of Slam. What is the countdown at today, sir? 134 days. It was March 12th. And I remember, can you hear me, guys? Yep. And, yep. I, and I remember that because the night before is when the NBA shut down. I can see Larry Million going crazy here in the background. I'm going crazy, too. Before, this is a lot of fun to be. 30 night, seconds in, I'm having fun. That's right. The night before the NBA shut down, and you and I went on the air. Right at the beginning of the show, I said, and our show was from 11 to 2. And I remember saying to you, I wonder what's going to happen in these three hours. And in those three hours, baseball shut spring training down. Remember, back then they th- they said, oh, the season is just going to be a, a couple of weeks late starting. <laughs> Little did they know. And uh, what, the NCAA shut down March Madness and, it w- and hockey shut down in yeah. our three hours. And then so. right after our three hours, uh, they shut down the MLS. Or actually, that might have been during our three hours as well, that Major League Soccer was shut oh, yeah. down as well. I believe and, it was. And March Madness was right after the show got off the air. Yep, that's right. They didn't call us and then arrange the time. <laughs> Which By the way, I've the changed question. my name in 134 days. If anybody's looking and streaming, I've changed my name to Jillian, okay? That's uh, <laughs> just, so, just so people know. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you, Jillian. That's right. Now, uh, you know, for, for about the last uh, six weeks, I, I've at least had some sports to watch because uh, European soccer came back. Um, I think it was early in the month of June. Uh, you know, the MLS came back early in July. But for, for you, Frito, this is like Christmas morning, essentially, or, or early Christmas afternoon, because you've got Major League Baseball coming back tonight. So what have you been watching the last four months, man? Nothing, really. I mean, not much. You know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world. Um, very little. There's not, there's not much to watch. I've been waiting for things to start up and I'll be honest with you, Dono, I, things are going to start up, you know, basketball is, and I know they're in the bubble. Um, and we're going to talk about that. If anybody's sneaking in or out of the bubble, uh, football is, but I'm not sure those seasons will finish. It's one thing to start up, but how many positive cases will it's before they shut down? But that said, let's not look at the negative here. Let's not look at the glasses half empty. And let's just think right now, today is opening day. Open, that's a great, for a baseball fan like me, that is a great, great time of the year, opening day. And I say it's a little bit late, I grant you that, but, uh, you know, July 23rd, but nonetheless, opening day of baseball is today. You know, it's got to the point where they've done this for Major League Baseball and they've even done this for the NBA, where they've been televising scrimmages or televising exhibition games. I admittedly, because I... I have tested positive for missing heat basketball, not, not, not for COVID-19, but for missing heat basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I knew I was going to get that reaction out of you. Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would actually take, and I didn't watch the entire scrimmage, but I watched the first half of it. I never thought I would take like 40, 45 minutes of my life to actually watch a, a televised NBA team versus team scrimmage but four hours in the middle of a season away from heat basketball made me so desperate 
for yeah. some content. I was watching Duncan Robinson last night, Frito, hit three after three after three. Have you watched any of the NBA or the MLB scrimmages that have been happening, the exhibition? It's, it's some of the baseball stuff, yeah. I haven't watched the NBA, uh, but – you know, it's going to be weird with these short with the playoffs right now and the shortened season. You could have a team just sneak up and just and just win. You could, you know, Duncan Robinson if he stays hot. You know, I mean, what a find that guy was. And uh, you know, you wonder what he'd make out in the open market right now. But you know, it's going to be exciting. It's, let me ask you this: When you're talking soccer, was a, their season is shortened, right, because of all this? Um, the, actually, the, the European season's finished. What they've condensed it, like they've been playing two games a week instead of okay. one game a week. But but they but they they started back up again um, okay. a month and a half ago. So they they had more time but, to finish things out. But let's talk about say basketball. Let's not talk about football. They're re- they're supposed to have a sixteen game schedule, seventeen game schedule, I guess, whatever it is. And baseball is going to have a um, you know a shortened season. Are, are these champions or champions to be legitimate? Because everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. But do you consider them legitimate? No, that's a great, great point. Um, when you're talking about a, a 60 game Major League Baseball season, a shortened NBA season, shortened NHL season, I mean, uh, I, I think anybody who wins these championships, in my eyes, it comes with an asterisk. Like in my eyes, and it's not an asterisk for cheating or anything like that, but it's an asterisk in the fact that it's just so far from normal, especially. Like, uh, and I'm sure this is going to come up in, in baseball as well. Um, you know, how many NBA players aren't even taking part in this finish to the season and the bubble because they either have COVID-19 and they just decided, like, I, I just want to heal up and I don't want to, you know, try and get better and join my team or, you know, I'm injured and I just, it's not worth it to come back for this, to put my body at risk. Uh, so it, it's so far from a normal season, but I, I still wonder because like you and I, Frito, we're hardcore sports fans. Like we're along for this ride. Okay. So to us, you know, if, uh, you know, if like uh, if the LA Lakers win this NBA championship and whoever wins the world series, we may not consider it to be completely legitimate. We may consider it to be an asterisk type thing, but you know, five, 10 years from now, when you're looking through the Wikipedia page of NBA championship winners and, you know, like the Los Angeles Lakers or whoever, Milwaukee Bucks come up for 2020, like at, at a certain point, historically, is it going to matter? It may be an asterisk to you and me, but to the general population, is this even going to matter in a handful of years? I think fans of the team that won it are going to say, of course, it's legitimate. And they'll use the excuse. And I'm not saying it's the wrong one. Everybody was in the same boat. Every team faced the same hurdles. Our team came out on top. We won the last game of the season. Fans of who people who aren't fans of that team are suddenly going to cry out. It's illegitimate. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count. I'll tell you, it's the team that's lucky. You remember when all the cheating scandal came out with the Houston Astros? Yes. And in spring training, they were getting in the in the brief bit of spring training, they were getting booed like crazy. Now they don't have to face any fans at all, no matter where they play, and that's a break for them. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you kind of mentally prepared for watching games without fans? Oh my How god, weird that's is that be weird for you? You know, and, and in baseball, they're pumping in crowd noise, which is which is you know kind of strange. That's kind of weird. And um, you know, baseball's got some new rules, by the way. They have a DH in the National League now, and that's never going away. That yeah. pitching pitchers bat will never happen again. 
I like uh, that, by the way. You're you're more of a baseball purist than me, but I, I've been advocating for the DH in the National League for a long time. But I, I'm not really I'm not really a baseball fan, so I just want to see more hits and more home runs. Yeah, you know, for a long time I was opposed to it, but now I mean, look, you, you know, pitchers never hit. I mean, they they, they never get hits. I, excuse me. Right. And so yeah, I mean, you might as well get someone who can have some power there, and it should, you know should be a lot of fun to see. Also, because of the shortened season, they're doing something the minor leagues did last year. One of the minor leagues did. If it's extra innings, like let's say it goes to the 10th inning, there's an automatic runner on second base. Oh, nice. You know, so because they, they got to like watch that. the pitcher's arms. You can't have you can't have these 18-inning games. You know, pitcher's arms are going to fall off. Um, but, you know, crowd, crowd noise is going to be weird. You know, yesterday I saw part of a, a Cubs-White Sox exhibition, and Anthony Rizzo hit a home run. And, it was you know, you heard the crack of the bat you know, easily because there was no, no crowd noise. <laughs> And, you know, just players are rounding bases. I don't think – here's a weird thing for players. They're, they're not supposed to high-five. And some right. – you know, they have the dugout, which can't socially distance everybody. Some of the players are actually seated underneath tents in the stands so they can be away from the other players. It's, it's, everything about this is going to be weird, and and we're going to have to adjust our thinking. And, and it, it'd be – you know, let's come back next week when we do our next show – and just, you know, I'd, I'd ask you to watch a little baseball and just see <laughs> how weird it is. I mean, it's just going to be something that none of us have ever experienced. Yeah. I, like at this point, I, I've watched uh, quite a few soccer games that have not had any crowd noise. It, it takes some getting used to. Like it really takes some getting used to. But I'll be honest, there's actually some situations where I kind of like it. Like I, I will never prefer it over – you know, watching two teams play in a packed stadium where you hear the fans chanting and whistling, like there's no substitute for that. But um, I, I've actually kind of taken some joy in the empty stadium thing because you can really start to hear players and coaches shout out instructions, you know, sometimes curse words. That's, you know, it's a whole nother thing. But I, I don't know, like, I'll, like an example was uh, like a, a recent uh, Inter Miami game where you could really hear for 90 minutes their their goalkeeper, Luis Robles, who's also the captain of the team, uh, like he, he was like shouting out in words of encouragement. Like he seems like a genuinely great guy because you could like hear him shouting out encouraging words to his teammates and instructions for the whole game. And I thought, this is kind of cool. Like, again, I, I don't prefer that over a, a great atmosphere where there's 60,000 fans screaming their heads off, but it, it's almost like being behind the curtain a little bit. Like if, if you've ever watched one of these special broadcasts like sometimes you know the nfl network has done this with players mic'd up or you know for for college national championship games espn has on all of their channels they have like a different feed they've got the coach's corner they've got former players as analysts right. they've got the no commentary channel they have like five different feeds for the same game and every now and then you'll flip over to kind of get a different perspective on it that's what I'm getting on on some of these uh, some of these soccer games that we've seen are like you can hear coaches and players shouting out instructions and it's kind of neat. So I, I don't know if the general sports fan really embraces that, but it, it's something that's been kind of an interesting aspect in watching some of these games. And then other times you'll have broadcasts like piping in the fake crowd noise, which is weird. Like, uh, you know, if, if they're doing a good job, like with their because I, I would imagine it's like a producer with his finger on several buttons where he presses a button. You know, after somebody scores a goal, okay, now it's time to cheer. Somebody, you know, commits a foul, now it's time to to jeer or to whistle. Like, as long as that guy's doing a good job, it, it goes over pretty well. But there are other times where I've heard when the crowd noise just doesn't really fit what's happening in the game. And, and that, to me, is garbage when they don't do it right. 
Well, it's like someone adding, you know, producer and TV adding a laugh track or something, you know. And right, yeah. And um, it reminds me of a scene. I'm gonna I'm gonna go way back here, dial the way back machine to a Woody Allen movie in the '70s, Annie Hall. And his he he was living in New York, and his partner moved to LA, and you know, they were TV partners, and and he had his own talk show, and so he's back with the producers and he said all right put in a little chuckle here okay put in a hearty laugh here and you're you've got to have your uh you know your as you say your producer put in the right amount it's it's it, it, yeah it's it's really going to be strange it's but it's it's look that said i'm glad to have no crowd noise now i, I think what's gonna be interesting is in basketball i don't think fans real well, maybe they realize but they can't hear it anyway how much the players talk to each other on the court, mm-hmm. you know, switch here, do this, and set defenses and things like that. I don't know if they realize that. You're going to be able to hear that now. And I think, by the way, it wouldn't surprise me if the leagues or the networks, rather, tape delay things by like eight seconds. So because I'm sure there's a lot of cursing that we don't hear, and you can't have that. So you might see a tape delay just a little bit, just to allow something, you know, a little bit of silence because of, Maybe a coach. I don't think Nick Saban is going to say, "Oh gosh, fellas, you really blew it." <laughs> no, you're you're exactly right. Uh, they they do that with the MLS, and because I've noticed, because uh, if you're watching one of these MLS's back tournament games, every now and then, and it happens probably five or six times per game, you'll just hear the audio cut out. And if you read between the lines, because you can see somebody's mouth moving, and then the audio is just gone. I'm not a lip reader, but you can tell it's clearly happening because someone. Mommy, did he say puck? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But you, you brought something up, Frito, and, and we'll get into this a little bit, and then you know we we got to hit a break in a few minutes so we can continue on the other side, talking about seasons potentially starting and not mm-hmm. finishing. I think the seasons that are happening in bubbles have a much better chance of finishing. And I, it's not an exact science because, you know, you, you brought up the possibility of, because uh, we're very, we're very early in the NBA bubble, for example, like guys have been in the bubble, but the games have not even started yet. We almost have three months left of that situation, you know, up there at the wide world of sports in Orlando. Um, there's not been a whole lot of time yet for rule breaking, right? But what happens if they start to, you know, maybe try to sneak some women in or try to, you know, <laughs> sneak out to go to some gentlemen's clubs or something like, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden you put the whole bubble concept at risk. Um, it's been going pretty smoothly in the MLS. They've had like six different rounds of testing inside their bubble. And, you know, they, they've continued to have zero positive cases. Now, they right at the beginning, they had positives, but that was infections that, that, were, uh, that were created before players arrived in the bubble, not during the bubble. So, yeah, you had a couple teams actually withdraw from the MLS's back tournament, but that was not because they got infected in Orlando. They got infected before they got down to Orlando. So the MLS, I, I think their bubble has been a success story for the last couple of weeks. I'm hoping it's the same for the NBA I just have a tough time thinking that for Major League Baseball, where they're traveling, as long as you're not Canadian, if you're if you're you know the Blue Jays, you're you're going to be playing in Pittsburgh apparently, right? But uh, but for the Major League Baseball teams that are, are are traveling and the NFL is going to keep their regular schedules and travel, I just have a hard time expecting, especially in the case of the NFL where you've got 53 men per roster, like just the percentages are not in your favor, right? You're talking about a basketball team with a 15-man roster. Apologies for my landline phone that's ringing right now. This is, uh, th- these are the hazards of, of doing radio shows from home. <laughs> but when you've got a 53-man roster, just the percentage chance 
of players testing positive and infecting their teammates just goes up exponentially. Like I, I, I have a hard time thinking you're not going to have some serious hiccups with the NFL and even with major league baseball where the sports like the NBA and the NHL who are going to be playing in those two hub markets in Canada, I think have a much better chance of finishing their seasons here. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like I said, it wouldn't surprise you if something like the NFL, just too many infections happen. It takes just one person and it's going to be weird. I mean, you know, you have the NFL, but you know, for a long time, I was a sports reporter. I wouldn't want to go in that play. There's no way they're going to allow players to have one-on-one interviews, post-game interviews with reporters. I mean, who wants to go in that locker room? I wouldn't want to. If I'm a player, I'd be nervous to be in that locker room. It's not all that big. I mean, it's big enough, but you know, you got 53 players, you got some coaches in there, you got some trainers in there. You got, it's, it's just there, the possibility for, catching it and passing this on even if, if you do your best i mean you know these are going to be petri dishes and it is it's it's god can you imagine everybody's getting ramped up and you got the nfl and you're excited it's fall it's here I, again maybe in front of just a few fans or no fans at all but it's football and we all love football and football is here and then what if it was taken away what if it was taken away i mean my god that that would be just heartbreaking because you have it you think everything's fine and it's gone. All right. We're, we're, we're going to take a break. We continue yeah. till two o'clock. It's so great to be back. Dono and Frito. And we got our guy, Frank Fernandez, back in studio. We're going to bring him in uh, to the show as well. Keep it locked here to Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio. Sirius XM Channel 145. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. So you heard the voice of The Big Show on that rejoin here on Slam Radio. I remember seeing that dude in person when I stopped by Super Bowl Radio Row in Miami. Oh, my God. It's crazy to think that that was what first week of february last week of january none of this covid stuff had really started like we knew it was out there somewhere but it hadn't really affected us in this country yet nothing had been shut down at that point you know being at a big convention center full of people and man, seeing the big show walk around all seven foot of that dude unbelievable stuff you know frito all of our lives have changed over the last four and a half five months you know and and i think for for everyone that has involved a lot of downtime because a lot of people uh you know spent especially the early part of the pandemic either not working or or working from home you know television got incredibly popular everyone was streaming tiger king and everyone was streaming ozark (laughs) and binge watching you got to tell me you sir must have found some time to binge watch over the last five months please tell me you have I didn't, you know, I, I rewatched The Sopranos, which is like oh, that and West Wing are my favorite shows of all time. I've seen them a million times. I could probably recite one line after another, but it's just, it's just such a great six-year series. But I, I, everybody said go to Breaking Bad or Ozark or um, what else is out there that I should have like, watched. Uh, go, 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 you know, binge watch Curb. Um, yeah, great show. And, you know, I just, I just never did and, and entourage or things like that. And I just never did. I mean, look, I'm for right now, 
I'm staying home. My daughters, you know, for, for the time being, uh, they're, I have twin daughters. They're going into eighth grade, and, and for the time being, they're going to do school online, you know, until I feel safe and my wife and I feel safe that, uh, you know, they can go back to school safely. And when that's going to be, I, nobody knows. I have a feeling that all schools in Miami-Dade County are going to start online for everybody. But that said, so I've still got time. I mean, you know, during the day, they'll be, you know, taking classes online and all that. So I still, I still can binge watch. The time is there. Maybe we should take a little poll. And, uh, and what should I binge watch? And so I, maybe I can do some shows between now and next week. I mean, did you, uh, did you see Breaking Bad? Yes, I, I've watched it all the way through three times. It's it's probably my favorite overall TV show of all time. How it's how many so seasons good. was it roughly? It's uh it's six seasons. I mean, they say five seasons because the season five was like broken into two parts. So ha- however you want to say it, it's either five seasons or six seasons. But season five was like spread out over two years. Like the season one grab you. If I sat down and started watching it, am I going to be hooks pretty quickly uh not right away so i i would advise a patience through about the first three or four episodes because i can distinctly remember how it went for me i started watching the show around 2011 i got into it a little bit late i think it was during the third season but they 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 put it the whole they put what whatever they had so far they put it on netflix around 2011 so i started watching it and i can remember after watching the first episode i stopped for like two, three weeks, watch something else because I wasn't hooked yet, went back to it, okay? I went back to Breaking Bad. The first handful of episodes are a little bit slow. And then at some point, and the short, the first season was actually a little short because that was during, uh, I don't know if you remember the writer's strike, like Hollywood mm-hmm. had a writer's strike during like 2007 or something. And that was when they were filming the first season of Breaking Bad. So they cut the first season, it was a little short. It was like maybe eight episodes, something like that. And then right around like episode five or six of season one, a, a, a new character is introduced and it just, the show goes from like zero to 60. And from that point I was hooked. And I, you know, unfortunately I didn't have the entire library to watch cause the show was like still airing. But I think from like seasons one to three, once I picked it up, I ended up watching, I don't know, like 20 episodes in like five or six days. It was crazy. What was the character's name? First name. Uh, oh well, the character that was introduced was a villain, Tuco. Uh, when he oh okay, him. but yeah, but the he, but, one uh, uh, is it Gus? Is it played uh, by Gus? Oh, he, he he to me, I think Gus is one of the best villains in television history. He doesn't come in until season three, or right. maybe like late in season two, something like that. Uh, no, I, I think Gus Fring is like the best character, like one of the I, best villains in TV history. Yeah. No, no, since it's been off the air for like a, a million years, I can say this. I there's no spoiler alert. I saw how he died. Oh, it's so that was good. incredible. That was, so and then especially since you see just the right side of his face, and then the camera comes around like, whoa, oh my god. Yeah. So, oh man. And Seattle's gonna write in. Wait, you just wrecked it for me, dude. It's been <laughs> off the air for like a number of years. So personally, my recommendations for you. Um, uh, we, we can go one of two ways, but I'll give you one show that's a drama and one show that's a comedy. Because okay. I, I, I know you would love these, right? If, if you want, and, and you mentioned both of these shows, okay? If you want to go the comedy route, mm-hmm. like I, I know you, and I know you're as big a Seinfeld fan as I am. That's mm-hmm. why I, th- I think you would love Curb. Like, okay. it, you know, Curb, it's, it, it's obviously it's an HBO show, so it's a little raunchier than Seinfeld. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's also like a little bit more 
random because you know how the show is made it's like it's not scripted they just have situations and they kind of talk so i think it's brilliant like the way that they do it that it's you know every line is not scripted they kind of just ad lib it a little bit based on certain situations so i would recommend curb for comedies mm -hmm. you just talked about it like I, I would recommend breaking bad for a drama so you know if you want to eventually watch both that's great if you want to start with one or the other i think you can't go wrong either way working now breaking bad what that was that on hbo on netflix Okay, not that, okay, because I have Netflix. Okay, yeah, I can get that then. That's fine. And, Curb uh, though is on HBO. Well, I've got HBO yeah. on demand. I can always just get that. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Okay, so I will tell you what. That's my homework between now and next Thursday. Yeah. You know, I've seen some episodes of Curb, but I really need to go and sit. It, it, can you sit there in front of a TV if 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 your son Luca wasn't disturbing you? Could you sit there for four or five hours and just watch TV? I would have a tough time with that. If not for my son, I could sit for four or five days. Like I, I, I love, I love the binge. And I see Frank, Frank Fernandez is waving his finger at me. So for Frank, the tank, you're not a binger. Like you can't sit for days in front of the TV or for hours. Like I can, if you, I, I could binge, I could binge for months. If you give me like, maybe like a couple hours, maybe three hours and I'm done, man. Like I, I have to go do something else. I got to be on the movement or something. I, I know we got to go to break. I want to continue this. No, we, we got a few minutes left. We, we have till 36 after. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I could I watch, I mean, I don't know if I could watch, like, I love mob movies. If you said, all right, watch, because like, I'm not talking about Godfather 3, it stunk. But if you said sit down and watch one and two with just a couple of minutes breaking, that'd be tough for me to do just sitting there on, you know, just and, and continuously watching by the way you're gonna be shocked at this the very first time i saw the godfather and the very first time i saw goodfellas i went eh, what what's the big deal what and then, I followed, and then and the godfather became my favorite movie i've probably seen it literally 50 times how did that change like what, what went wrong the first went, time went, uh, you know it wasn't like my i've never been to this publicly oh I, it, it, it just it, it didn't grab me like and then all of a sudden they did obviously but goodfellas i remember it just, it, it, I didn't like it as much as, as no, now I love it. Now it's one of the all-time classics. I mean, you, you put, uh, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese in a mob, you know, directing a mob movie, any, anything he does, he touches it. Like the departed is oh. one of my favorite movies. It's phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And all the star power of that movie is great. So, but I don't know. I'd have a tough time just sitting there watching, but I will do my best. Okay. If I'm going to watch one or the other, I mean, you want me to watch both? You want me to watch a little bit of both? Uh, I, I would probably do one at a time because one thing that I don't like, I love binging, but I'm not a good multitasker. Like, it's hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to watch one show for an hour. Then I'm going to watch an episode of another show. I, I would say go go one at a time. I honestly don't care which one you start with. Like, if, just go whatever mood you're in. Like, if you decide to start this tonight, if, if you're feeling like, oh, I want to watch something light and funny, watch Curb. If you're saying, I really want to, you know, dive headfirst into an amazing drama, start Breaking Bad. But I think either way, <laughs> a week from now, you're going to have something fun to report on. So okay. I'm cool with whatever you want to do. Okay, I will do I will uh, do my best and I'll report back to you. And probably in the interim, I'll talk to you and Frank and, uh, and give you an update. And, 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 you know, Frito, the first show that I ever discovered how to binge was actually The Sopranos. And, you know, this was before Netflix or any streaming service, but I, I didn't start The Sopranos until way late. Like, I started it, I think it was when the final season was airing on HBO, and I, I watched, like, an episode or two, and I thought, you know what, like, I'm not doing this right. Like, I need to go back and watch the entire series before, before like, I see how it ends, okay? 
So I I compiled like it, it, through a, a combination of either buying them myself or like borrowing some seasons from friends. I compiled all of the DVDs for like the first six seasons of The Sopranos, and I just I started to binge. This was in 2007. I had never binged a show before because you didn't really you didn't really binge before you know streaming services so much. But I, I can remember, and this was right after I had graduated from college, and I didn't I didn't have like steady work yet, so I had nothing but free time. Okay, I can remember there were some days because I was going through The Sopranos on DVD so good and they did like such a good job of kind of leaving you wanting more at the end of an episode you're like i gotta see what happens next episode right there were some nights when i would be up until five six in the morning because i just lost track of time and i was binging the sopranos and thank god i'm a 22 year old with, with no steady work at that time i had nothing to do the next day i would binge watch the sopranos until 6 a.m and i would sleep till you know, like noon one o'clock the next day but that was my life for like a month and a half when i was going through that show you know believe it or not i didn't see the sopranos uh and i can tell you the year i remember 2013 was the first time i saw oh, it wow so I, it was years after it was off the air that so I didn't did see you it. just know that like, hey, I love The Godfather. I'd probably love The Sopranos. Yeah, I just got to see it. it out? The one, mo- yeah, I, I just and I watched it. I remember I watched it all the way through, and I got to the final episode, and um, I you know, and then the very last episode, the very last scene, and the screen goes black, and I'm like. What the hell? I mean, what direct TV just screwed me? I'm watching this and it just screwed me. And all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, what, what happened at the end? And then, and then about 20 seconds later, the credits come on. And of course, you realize what happened. And to this day, David Chase, the executive producer and creator, has never said publicly what happened. Now, we had Steve Strip on our show, played Bobby yeah. Bacala, and it was his theory that, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Tony Sperano is still. Is still alive. I think he's wrong, by the way. Like, I, I think, I think that's like a very, a, a very like for Steve Sharipa. I think that was like a very like optimistic way to look at life. Like, he's clearly a glass half full type of guy. But Frito, you might be able to tell me better because you you recently rewatched the whole series. I, I've watched The Sopranos all the way through twice, but I haven't watched it in probably eleven or twelve years. I haven't seen the last episode in that long. So, I mean, do, do you feel the same way as me that it, it just looked to me like all the chess pieces were being put in place that Tony was about to get whacked? Like, I, I, I have strongly believed since that show ended that Tony was about to get killed before it, it faded to black. Did you see it another way? I, no, you know what? I'm, I go back and forth. Is he alive? Is he not? You know, you, you, when everybody comes in that front door of the restaurant, you see them coming in, which means you're looking at it from Tony Soprano's point of view. And then you see Meadow go in, or Meadow come in, and then black. It goes to black. So, it's, you know, they say that's Tony dying. He's, yep. he's no longer seeing anything. He's uh, gone, and everything is just black. And uh, But I don't know. I'd like to think he's alive. Um, you know, too bad, obviously, James Gandolfini passed away long, about 2013, by the way, uh, when he finally did. You wonder if he would have been maybe part. You know, there's – well, that's another thing, by the way, this, this pandemic might affect. In September – the new Sopranos movie was going to come out in movie theaters. I don't know if they're going to stream it instead, right. but it's the prequel to the Sopranos. And, you know, Christopher Malsasanti was a big character played by Michael Imperioli. This movie focuses a lot on his father who was mentioned in the Sopranos, Dickie Malsasanti. And, uh, and um, uh, so that, you know, that's going to focus on, on, uh, on him. And, and it's going to, I wish I could go to the movie theater and see that movie, but uh, yeah. I am feeling it's going to be streamed just like the Irishman was. And, and, and if that's the way they do it, 
I've got no problem with that. Uh, Frank the Tank wrote us in our in our chat. He says all shows are in well, jeopardy, no fall lineup. But I, yeah, but, I, you know but, I, but I but I think in the in the case of this Sopranos movie, they were done filming it. I think right. Oh like, yeah, is, yeah, it's, yeah. It's no, not they like done. they're backed up in filming this thing. No, and and no, they're they're it's, it was going to be released in September. I think September twentieth. That date's been announced for a long time. What was weird to me is I'm a big fan of Billions, which is on Showtime. I love that show. That's one that I need to watch. I oh, want to watch. I just I I need to find a way to stream it without buying a show, t- or maybe I'll just buy Show. Like I'll, I'll break down and get Showtime, but I don't currently have Showtime. That's why I haven't watched it. I'm trying to think if it's on. Uh, ne- I have Netflix and Prime. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's on okay. any of those. Yeah, if you had Showtime, I see Showtime on demand. But they kept advertising like it was – they do 12 or 13-episode seasons. It's not like season five now. And, you know, they kept saying this is the mid-season finale. And I'm like, what? what this is episode seven. Like, what are you talking about, mid-season finale? And they had to stop filming after they after episode seven because, you know, the, because of the pandemic. They, they, they haven't filmed anymore yet. And so you're just sitting there hanging. You know, what's going to happen? I'm sure a lot of shows were affected that way. Yeah. And uh, – no, go ahead. We'll wrap up the uh, the 12 noon hour with you till 2 o'clock here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Donald and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Calm down. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? You're not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. 
it's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, this is K-9, and you're listening to Slam Radio, Series 6M 145. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. The Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Alex Dono, Josh Friedman with you. We get some breaking news from Adam Schefter uh, 12 minutes ago. So th this is pretty interesting as the entire world has been waiting for this Washington NFL team name change, right? You know, they announced a couple weeks ago they're no longer the Redskins. Maybe the last time I'll ever say that word. My apologies. They are no longer that. They're changing their name. Adam Schefter, uh, NFL insider from ESPN, tweets out, Washington will be calling itself the quote-unquote Washington football team pending the adoption of a new name for the 2020 season. And Frito, apparently, this may go through the entire 2020 season. So th this is a placeholder Washington football team, but they may not actually get their real new name until 2021. Are we going to go through an entire season where they are just simply the Washington football team? It just occurred to me that you could tweet out Washington football team, WFT, question mark, and then you say, WTF question mark, right? <laughs> you need to tweet that. You came up with it, so I'll let you have it. WFT? WTF? And, uh, and, and so they're going to keep the color scheme, and they're going to replace, like, the old uh, the helmet logo, and they're going to replace it with gold numbers, I think I think is what I saw, which is, it kind of gives you, like, a college vibe, doesn't it? Like, you feel like you're watching the Alabama Crimson Tide or something where you just have, like, numbers on the helmet. I, I just think that that's uh, – now, I, I don't know if this is – and I'm sure there's a, like a percentage to assign on the pie chart for a number of different reasons why they may not have this name for a long time, okay? But I wonder how much of it has to do with just they're doing their due diligence to find yeah. the best possible new name. But, Frito, have you also heard about this this Virginia – I think he's an attorney, or, or like, but the, he's what's known as a patent troll, how there's a guy in Virginia who owns the trademark 
to thousands of different names that you would give a Washington NFL team. So he was thinking ahead. Like he filed trademarks for like every possible scenario of what they could change their name to. And so, you know, he wants them to obviously pay him for a name, like financially settle with him. Uh, I, I wonder if, if, if partly they want to come up with the best possible name, but they also need to do business with some dude who owns all of the good names. I mean, the guy's smart doing that, but you, you know, if you're a Washington fan, you say the guy's a pain in the ass. And he's legally, he's on solid ground, probably. But you know, you think what a jerk for doing this. Yeah. That said, down here, we both live in Miami, and years and years ago, Pat Riley, Hall of Fame basketball, you know, coach and and, and uh, general manager, he trademarked three peat. Yeah. He owns that. He owns the rights to three peat. So if anybody. Yeah. Any team does that, they're going to Pat Riley's wallet, which is already expansive, is going to get even bigger. He's going to be able to afford a couple more Armani suits if anybody uh, breaks that rule. And that's Dono's phone, by the way. I I need to like, it's actually my parents' phone. I'm at my parents' house, but like, they they must be the only two people in America whose landline is still lit. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, their landline phone rings like three four times an hour they're getting calls from friends they're getting calls from relatives i have not had a landline on landline i've not no i don't have a landline i've not i i have not had a landline um i want to say in seven or eight years since i last had a landline so you you still have a landline for we do we do is your landline popping like like my parents do you get several calls on the landline no, uh, no, not not at all. I got, I you know. I guess we should talk about it, but you know, uh, it just I don't know. It'd be weird not to have it. It just would be strange to me. See, it's not though. Is the thing like I, I don't understand why. And 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 I get it because you, you're you've had you've had a landline your entire life. You you've been on this planet for more than half a century. My apologies for for aging you a little bit. So it's just like it's so part of the fabric of your society that you're thinking. What am I going to do without a landline? Well, what if the cell service goes down? And we live in the area of hurricanes. What if cell service goes down, but the landlines are still working? All right, you may have found the one scenario where you stumped me. You may have found that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, like, um, does that still happen? Because even, like, during the last couple of storms we had, my cell service was still working. I I don't know. But I guess guess it's possible. All you need is a tower knocked down, and you're done. Yeah, I guess you could be right about that. I, I think you may have found the scenario where South Floridian probably still needs to have a landline. So I will give you that, sir. That That is certainly fair enough. Uh, do you have any idea or thought on what you would like the Washington football team to change? Maybe, honestly, maybe they should just stick with Washington football team. I think that would be like ushering in a new era of simplicity to the NFL. I wanted them called. We're going to lose every year to the Cowboys because that's my favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> right. You, Washington, you would, we bow to Dallas. That, that's it. That's what I wanted to, to name that. Are they the most hated team of Cowboys fans, right? Like you, you hate them historically more than you hate the Giants and the Eagles, or is it kind of a three-way tie? Well, the Giants have had more recent success. They've had a couple of Super Bowls and all that under UI and all that, and uh, you could call them lucky victories. But nonetheless, you know, Washington hasn't had one in quite a while. I happen to, as a Cowboys fan, out of college, I went and lived in D.C. And so in the 80s and 90s, they had three Super Bowl championships. Uh, by the way, under three quarterbacks, which is a remarkable job yeah. by uh, by Joe Gibbs. It was, you know, Joe Theismann. Was it Theismann got one? 
and then uh, Mark Rippon and Doug Williams. Yes, that's right. Think about that. And it was tough living in enemy territory and having this team that was remarkably successful. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, one of my one of my best friends in high school. You know, diehard Miami Hurricanes football fan. He went to the University of Florida, and that was right. He was there um, when they, you know, actually got like really good again, like when they won a national championship with Chris Leak, and then they won a couple years later with Tim Tebow. So he he was there as a as a Miami Hurricane guy going to the University of Florida right during an era where their team became you know the most prominent program in the country, and yet he stuck to his allegiances. And he I'm sure he got cursed out a lot. He missed out on a lot of fun because. Um, I can only imagine what it's like to be on campus at a football school when that football school is winning national titles. I just missed it at Miami. Like I, I, I arrived at the university of Miami in 2003, you know, that was a couple of years after they won their most recent title and, and they should have won the one, you know, the fall of a year. So I, I don't know what it's like to be on a campus, you know, when you've got a national championship caliber football team, I just missed that era, but how awkward would that be? To be a university, to be a student at a university at a university that starts winning national titles, and you don't even cheer for that team because you have deep allegiances to someone else. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're among you're in enemy territory. Do you keep that quiet, or you go to games and just like if if you were a because no, you know, let's say you go to grad school, your your allegiance is to the school you went to undergrad, right? right. You're never going to root for your. No. So let's say you're a Florida State grad and you go to grad school at Florida. Would you sit in? Would you if you're a diehard football fan? You gonna sit in your in your in, in the stadium in your Florida State garb? Or are you gonna risk your life like that? You have to be the type of person who loves getting into bar fights to do that. Because um, I I can remember when I used to sit at the student section at the University of Miami at the Orange Bowl, right? Sitting in the student section, once in a blue moon, okay, you would be at a Miami versus Florida State game. I mean, once in a blue moon, it only happened twice during my four years there. But you get where I'm going with this. I, I can remember there being a student in the student section wearing Florida State gear, and you felt like that guy was lucky to get out of there alive, right? Because he was getting dirty looks. People were, you know, almost shoving this kid throughout. Like, and, and he was obviously doing it to say, look at me. I'm a Florida State fan. I don't care if I'm sitting in your student section. I'm still going to represent my team. Like, he must have been fearing for his life, right? I mean, it's one thing to do it as a regular ticket buying fan, okay? Because I've done this going to going to UM road games where you're at an opposing stadium, but you're sitting with regular people who buy tickets. You wear the opposing team's gear. As long as you're not overly obnoxious, you're probably going to have an okay time and no one's going to throw punches at you. But you do it in the student section, and that's a little bit different, man. And I'm I'm sure for Miami, a lot of that intensity is probably worn off because – you know, the team's not winning titles, but like, let, let's say you were to show up to, you know, like the student section of like an Alabama versus, versus LSU game at Bama. And you show up wearing LSU gear as a Bama student, you're probably going to get your face punched. Like it's just, it's more than likely going to happen if you do that. Well, I'd love to go like, can you imagine going to Yankee stadium in a Mets jacket and a Red Sox cap? You're looking for a fight if you do that. That's right. You're just looking, I mean, you're, you're taking, you know, how many beers will we get poured on you right, right there? Oh, my God. Yeah, so many. And you, so, you got to expect it at that point. Like, you, you, you cannot even complain too much if you get a beer poured on you. So, I'm going to go back to something you brought up very early in the show. You know, you've got these, you know, 
young, virile, healthy athletes, these NBA players in a bubble, the NFL players, when they go on the road, they're not allowed to leave the hotel. They can't go to any restaurants. They can't take any public or private transportation. They're basically, now they don't, you know, they get there on Saturday, they leave on Sunday. So that's just an overnight trip. But for especially NBA players trapped in this bubble, how many women are going to try to be smuggled in there? (laughs) I mean, okay. um, And how do you do it? You've got, oh man. Well, okay. He, he, here's the first idea. All right. And, and I don't think you would technically, well, you, I think you still would be breaking rules, but not as many. Okay. Now there are, I would imagine hundreds of people staffing these hotels because they need, you know, they, they need housekeeping. They need people working at these restaurants. They need people working at the front desk and, you know, probably about 50% of those are women. Right. So I mean, at some point, I think these NBA players need to kind of, before they think about going outside the bubble, they need to kind of size up what's going on inside the bubble, right? Start evaluating those bartenders, start evaluating like the the housekeepers, like start figuring out what do I already have native to my environment before oh, I, I think mean, about you, really you about it on a one to 10 scale. Yeah. So, and, and if you're stuck in, if you're stuck in a bubble, if, uh, you know, if the female bartender under normal circumstances might be a six, she could be a bubble nine. Like she might be a general population six, but a bubble nine. Well, I want to get Frank's opinion on this too. If you're used to tens, is that the same as getting five twos? <laughs> I mean, the, the math checks out, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck in a bubble. You know, the 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 the, the pickings are limited. Oh man, now. Um... I've, I've got to brush up on my my bubble etiquette or at least the bubble rules because um, so even the people and, and Frank, you may have an answer for this because uh, when the NBA first came out with the guidelines for the bubble over a month ago, I, I skimmed them. I looked through them. I, I probably have forgotten some of the details that I saw going back a month. But so like they still like they, they can't just have like regular contact with the people working at these hotels because they're not you know in the same like like they're they're not sequestered like like the people who work the front desk aren't living there the way that the nba players and like the team trainers and stuff are so they have to be socially distanced like from you know the the servers the bartenders the the bellhops and all that stuff so even if you do maybe try to invite over someone who works at the hotel you like you're still breaking the rule because like, because that person is not part of the bubble getting tested the way that you are as an NBA player so whether you bring in somebody from outside the campus or you know somebody from inside the campus like you're still not allowed to do that so somebody's going to break this rule at some point I don't even know if you're allowed to order a pizza probably not right I mean you probably can't I think they leave it at your doorstep. Like I think if you order, but but there are there there are like you can go to to restaurants that are like on the premises. Um, like once you're done with your quarantine, like for those people actually living in the bubble, once you're done with your quarantine, you can actually go to like the restaurants that are at the hotels. But I think you have to maintain like you obviously got to wear a mask, and, and the people working there wear a mask. But you have to maintain your distance from these people. Like you can't invite them back to your room because they're not in the bubble the way that you're in the bubble. God, how things have changed. You know, it was just December 31st. I'm so excited. Here's 2020. That just sounds like a cool year. Everything's great. And my God, it's going to be one of the, you know, the worst years around. And that's all we're going to remember. It just a few months ago, everything was fine. Everything was normal. My brother came down with his, with my sister-in-law from Chicago. We went out to a restaurant in Boca. It was a crowded restaurant. 
I remember February 22nd, three weeks later, we couldn't have done that because everything was shut down. Yeah. A life is changed. And, you know, the words mask, the word mask. I mean, you thought of Halloween before. Now it's something completely different. What kind of mask do you wear? Do you have like the standard surgical mask? Because yeah. that's that's what it I've been wearing. But I, I recently one side white on the other. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but recently because I, I know we're going to be doing this for a long time, and I see I see our guy uh, Frank the Tank is wearing like a specialized mask. I started ordering masks from my sports teams because I, at a certain point I kind of figured out mask life is not going away anytime soon, right? So if we're going to be doing this for I don't know, like in some form, we might be doing this for another year or more, right? Because even even after we get a vaccine, like it may be a while before you think, okay, we have like herd immunity through the vaccinations. Like we might be doing mask life for more than another year. So I don't mind shelling out like 12 bucks to buy like a team theme mask now. So I've started doing that. So at least I can kind of look cool when I'm outside. So if I get, okay, you're a big Inter fan. I can't remember. Yeah. And who's who's like your right? What team do you do you despise? Juventus can't stand them. So if I got you an Juventus mask, you would like burn it. I would. I would burn it and 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 probably live stream myself burning it because I would get a lot of likes and retweets right. from like minded people. You're outside Publix, the big supermarket in South Florida. You need to go in there, but you need a mask. All you've got is a Juventus. Someone's going to give you a brand new unopened Juventus mask because you can't find your Inter mask. It's either get that to go inside or nothing, and you have to go home. Nothing, I'd go home. And you're honestly. desperate for you're desperate for food. I I, I can't you, be seen in public with that. You've run out of toilet paper. You need to go in there and buy it. I, I start using towels at home. <laughs> like no, like seriously, like I I can't I can't and and even though there's a decent chance that if I'm wearing a mask, someone would not like recognize me necessarily, but I still like I I could not be seen in public wearing a Juventus mask. Like I I have to go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I I would turn right around and go home. And 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 just so people know, I would not go inside anyway without a mask because I'm not that type of person. I'm not one of these, uh, you know, one of these rule breakers. But no, I, I would go right home and I'd get I'd get a mask. If someone offered me a Juventus mask, I you know what? Problem solved, Frito. I would use that as my toilet paper. Instead of buying toilet paper, I would take the mask home. Problem solved. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to recognize people in a mask, and I. I was in Publix the other maybe two weeks ago, and uh, uh, a guy said to me in the aisle, "Goes, you still go by Frito?" And he recognized me. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, nice. I, I miss you on the air. That was very nice to hear. It made my day. That is really nice. Well, yeah. we're we're back on the air, and we're loving every second of a big one o'clock hour coming up. We're with you till two o'clock here on Sirius XM Channel One Forty Five Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. This is Big Papi David Ortiz. You're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Very happy to be back live with you today after, what was it, Frito, 134 days? 134 days, but who's counting, right? <laughs> you, you have like a, uh, a, a I, I don't know what to call it, a special skill, just a, an unbelievable knack for remembering dates and numbers, right? Like you, because you, you're always my go-to guy. Like if I need to know the exact number of days since a big game happened or a show happened, I know you're always going to know. You keep track of this stuff. 
I'm not foolproof, but I remember contracts. I don't know why players, especially baseball. Oh, what did this guy sign? You know, 20 years ago, he signed a, you know, three-year, $12 million deal or whatever. I don't know why. My part of my brain that works. I don't know. Other parts don't, don't work so well. Are you good with remembering people's names? Like terrible. when you meet them? I'm terrible I'm the with that too. Girl. You introduce me to someone five minutes late. And I'll remember a contract from 20 years ago, but five minutes later, I'll be <laughs> dead. Donna, what's his name again? Uh, that, that part of my brain has never formed. How about you? I will never forget a face. If I meet someone like I, I I could meet someone today, not see them for for three years. And I'll say, I know I recognize that face, but I can't remember a name like you for for five minutes. I'll shake someone's hand. They'll introduce themselves. Tell me their name. I'll remember their face forever. But if I run to that person the next day, I'm going to have to either ask them awkwardly to repeat their name or I'll just do my usual thing where I just say like, I'll just call them like, hey, man, or like big guy or something like I'll, I'll I'll use whatever I can to dance around the fact that I do not know that person's name. You know what, what gets me is when I see someone, but not in the place I'm used to seeing them. Like, you know, there's one like if I go clothes shopping, I know the, the you know, the guy, a bunch of guys that have worked there for a number of years. And I saw one of them once in public. So I'm like, where do I know this guy from? And it took me like an hour or two. To figure out where I know him, well, I've, I've seen him. He sold me clothes for years, but I just when I see somebody away from where I usually see them, I have a real tough time placing them. Like I know the face, yeah, but where you know, and then it's usually like three in the morning. I wake up like, oh my god, Eureka! I remember. That's it. <laughs> I haven't slept all night, but now I remember. <laughs> no, no I, I have that same issue as well. So if you're just tuning in, uh, the big news from uh, the last thirty minutes is that. Uh, and let me read this tweet from Adam Schefter, NFL insider from ESPN. Uh, the, he tweeted, he announced this, uh, broke the news 50 minutes ago. Effective immediately, Washington will call itself the Washington football team, pending adoption of a new name, sources tell ESPN. Uh, he continues, this is not a final renaming and rebranding for them. This is the name it wants to use until pending adoption of a new team name in the future. And he even uh, Schefter posts like a picture of like a uh, of like a logo where it's just you know the the same colors by the way the same what do you call that like burgundy and gold whatever they so. they call their color schemes. So I mean, no one same. objects to the colors. Everybody just objects to the oh, name. Oh sure, <laughs> absolutely. So it, so they they are not changing their color scheme. So it's just like a, a burgundy background with uh, Washington in gold in the middle and then it says below in smaller typeface football team established 1932 so until further notice which kind of makes sense because frito everyone who you know doesn't want to say the old name has just been saying the washington football right. team so it's actually kind of smart that they've said okay this is that's going to be our placeholder everybody is already calling us this so until further notice keep calling us the washington football team it's gonna be weird if you're a broadcaster up in D, the dc area to say the Washington football team has four words. I mean, my God, you know, you'd rather have just one, but, you know, within, within a few months, hopefully that'll be resolved and they'll get a new name. I, the, the one name I've heard is Red Wolves. I think what a stupid name that is. It just sounds terrible. Does that, does that have something to do with, like, uh, is that like an animal that is native to the area? Like, are, are there Red Wolves running around, like, in, in, like, the Virginia, Maryland area? Is that, like, something? Because I, I guess like, if that's the case, I could say it kind of makes sense to me because I – like, I, I like the fact that, you know, uh, the, the Florida hockey team are called the Florida Panthers because it makes sense that that's a species that's well-known and native to this area. 
So I, I don't know, like, it, would Red Wolves just be, like, a stupid name, or is that the name of a creature that frequents that area? Hey, I, think it, and I, used to, I used to live in D.C. I have no idea. I don't oh, know. really? You didn't a, run into any Red Wolves? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. That's, it's just a, a, a really dumb name. They got to do better. If that's the best you can come up with, what, what finished in second place? I've seen people throw out Washington Senators. I kind of like that. Now, I know pol- politics of any kind have a negative connotation with a lot of people, so... I don't know if like that that name would just fall flat with some, but I think it's kind of simple and it's something that you know captures the essence of that city. I, I think Washington Senators to me would be a good one. Well, the thing is, there used to be a baseball team called the Washington Senators years oh, ago, and then they moved to Minnesota because see, this is where you need me for historical purposes. I do. I but do. the Washington the Washington Senators were a team for a number of years, and then they left and moved to Minnesota and became the Twins, and then there was another. I think there was another Washington Senators, as our phone rings now, and they moved to Texas and became the Rangers back in 71 or 72. So Washington Senators be kind of redundant. So but what, I think they're going to go. Huh? I'm, I'm sorry for cutting in, guys, but then what's the explanation with uh, the New York football giants when New York had a football uh, baseball giants before? True. That's a good point. But different leagues. I don't know. I mean, just different. I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's a good question. I don't, but the New York Giants uh, baseball team has, you know, they moved. They moved away in the, in like the late fifties to uh, to San Francisco. So it's been a number that. of years. Yeah. Okay. See, you need me for the, the the old guy here. You know, for historical purposes, I can. I mean, I'm your encyclopedia. Now, I think the name of the Washington team in the movie The Replacements was the Washington Sentinels. I kind of like that one. Maybe they could uh, they could pay homage to one of my favorite sports movies. Have you seen it? No. Oh no. <laughs> What did we movie. go through? What did we go through on Twitter that I hadn't seen the other day? You you mentioned something, and I admitted I hadn't seen it, which it was no surprise to you whatsoever, because there was a laundry list. They have Francis Watson Encyclopedia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a laundry list of movies. Oh, I know what it was. This was on on Twitter recently. Uh, it was uh, Batman Begins. That's right. So yeah. I put on Facebook to my friends. Remember what's Facebook? Remember that Frank? What's Facebook? Um, I put on Twitter to my friends, um, what movie haven't you seen? You're embarrassed to admit you haven't seen. And for me, as a baseball fan, and people are incredulous, is The Sandlot. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, you got to watch that. I mean, and it's great. The, 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 only, the only thing is that, like, I mean, you, you're a grown man, and it's, it's kind it's, I'm not going to say it's fully a kid's movie, because I think adults do love it, but... Most of the adults I know, myself included, who love The Sandlot, we love it because we grew up on it, right? Because, I mean, it's a movie about kids, like, playing in the backyard, essentially. So I just don't know if a grown man watching it for the first time would love it the way that I love it. Because I can remember when I first saw that movie. I, I don't remember if this was exactly right when it came out or not. Maybe it was, like, the year that it came out. But I, I was in second grade. Uh, I was eight years old the first time I saw the movie The Sandlot. And it was one of those things where as an eight-year-old who played Little League Baseball at the time, I was obsessed with that movie. Like, we had it on VHS, and I, I must have watched the VHS tape 40 times because it was so – like, as a kid watching a movie about, you know, kids' lives, playing baseball, their fun conversations, the campfire stories, all that, it, it was incredibly compelling. And since I have such fond memories of the movie – if, I, if I'm, like, scrolling through my direct TV guide and I see The Sandlot is on, I'm going to stop and watch it. But if I watched it for the first time, like today, I don't know if I would appreciate it the way that I appreciate well, it from a kid. And I understand it's about, you know, kids and all that. But I'll tell you a movie 
that's really all about women, and it's one of my favorite movies, a baseball movie, is A League of Their Own. I that's love that movie. movie. It's a yeah. great, great movie. Fantastic. And it's about women's baseball, you know, in, in the 1940s when men went off to war. So I can adapt. And, you know, that's, that's just was such a phenomenal, <laughs> a phenomenal movie. I, was, I, mean, I just absolutely love that, that uh, you know, that, that film. Frank, have you seen The Sandlot? I grew up on The Sandlot. Sorry to hear me. I grew up on The Sandlot. Yeah, same. And The League of Their Own is one of my favorite baseball movies of all time. Didn't matter if it was girls or not. A phenomenal movie. I think Tom Hanks portrayed a fantastic manager in that movie. There's no crying at baseball. But I mean, you, you, know, you, yeah, you know, all these stars in there, too, Madonna and all that. And just yeah. Penny Marshall did a great job directing it. It was just a fantastic movie. John Lovitz was great in, this, in a small role he had. I forgot uh, that he was in that. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about him the other day on Good Morning Amigo. He has probably one of my two of my favorite movie lines of all time in that movie. The first one is when he walks up to the girl in the train station, he goes, you see how it works is the train moves, not the station. <laughs> and then when they're walking into Wrigley Field, which is whatever called whatever in the movie, um, he goes, hey, cowgirls, you see the grass? Don't eat it. <laughs> Yeah, they filmed it in Wrigley Field. It, they did, the, yeah. The, the, the main character, Gary Marshall's character, was based on uh, Phil Wrigley, who owned the Cubs. That oh. He was part of the, the one that owned that organized this Women's Professional League. That's you know, and, cool. But, you know, and, and, oh, it was Mr. Harvey. Harvey. It was Harvey with the Harvey, Harvey bars. bars. And, and they said, yeah, that's what we feed the cows when they're constipated, is <laughs> we give them Harvey bars. Harvey bars. You know, so when the movie was candy in real life, it was gum, because he was, a, you know, he owned Wrigley, uh, Wrigley gum. But Frank, so. do you agree? Do you agree with me that it might be like because you grew up on the Sandlot like I did? Do you think if you watched it for the first time today as a grown man, you, would you love it as much as you love it now because you grew up on? I think it's I think it's a different thing. Yeah, probably not because I think times have changed a little bit. Um, you don't necessarily see kids out on the street playing the way when we were kids playing. Like remember the whole car game on whenever you'd be playing yeah. football in the middle of the street. Like I don't necessarily see that and. And people tell me, they're like, oh, you're, you're not driving through neighborhoods. I mean, guys, I get home 3, 4 o'clock right after school, and I'm driving through neighborhoods, and I don't see anybody out there playing on the street. And if there's so anybody out there on the street, they're sitting on the sidewalk playing in an iPad. We got lucky. I don't think yeah. I'm going to bring up a women's thing again. There's a Because it's still around, I think, a, a woman's um, like makeup company called Helene Curtis. And their chairman lived about two, three blocks away from us, and he had a big piece of property and a big grassy area and someone you know he hired garters and someone mowed it all the time and it was perfect dimensions for a baseball field and a football field and so everybody from the neighborhood from the time my older brother was around to people way younger than i am we all went to Gidwitz's, and mr Gidwitz never mind that the whole neighborhood oh, played so cool. on his field he never cared and it was great to, so that's where we played it was off the street no one had to yell car and he also had a tennis court and we'd play on his court he never cared wow. The only rule was when he came to play, we had to leave. And that was fine. So that was, you know, we, we had our own field, our own private field for baseball and football. It was absolutely perfect. And, and what's kind of sad now is, I mean, Frank brought up iPads, but, you know, for like a little older kids, everyone's just now playing video games. Like uh, these, these kids are all, they're on the headsets playing Call of Duty. What's kind of, what's kind of weird about that is, and I'm going to, I'm going to sound like get off my lawn, old man. Like I don't understand the way things work. I, I totally get this, but the, the thing that's kind of weird to me is that like, um, you know, it, it, like 11, 12 year olds playing call of duty, like trash talking on their headset with like 40 year old dudes, like in, in their mom's basement. Like that, that to me is like weird. Like it, it's weird. Like the different, 
people who can interact like playing these online games where it's like okay and, and i'm not even like saying like hey if you're 40 years old you shouldn't be it's just not my thing i there's nothing wrong with it like i know a lot of a lot of good friends of mine who are mid-30s 40s they get on the headset and they play video games like nothing wrong with it i just think it's weird how like you know you could be playing like an online game against like a 13 year old and you're like trash talking each other on headset like it's I don't know. Something seems weird, like wrong and off about it. You unknowingly made a Seinfeld reference. Let's see if you can know what I will see if you know what I'm referring to. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Yes. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, they think I'm gay? Not, not that there's right. anything wrong with that. That's right. <laughs> that was a great, that were all great uh, episodes. Classic, classic episodes. You know, one of the things I want to get to, I don't know if we have to go to break now or not. In about a minute. So tease okay, it. Okay, well, 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 I'll tease this coming back is the Dodgers just signed Mookie Betts to a 12-year extension on top of the year he's got already. 27-year-old up for 13 years. And I will say this, I don't care how great the player is, I'm not locking up anybody that long because that can, as rich as your organization is, it can cripple you if this guy gets hurt early in that contract. Just get crush you. We'll get to that and more next. Keep it locked here to the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. This is Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. So something unique about Major League Baseball compared to the NBA, the NFL, are these long, long, long-term deals. And Frito, you, we teased this before we went to break. So the Dodgers extending Mookie Betts, extending him for 12 years, but one year left on the current deal. So they have him now locked up for 13 years. <laughs> Can you explain that one to me? Because, you know, it, it takes an incredibly rare athlete and physical specimen to still be anywhere near your prime once you start approaching the age of 40. So what what would be the explanation as to why the Dodgers need to lock up Mookie Betts, who's now 27 until the age of 40. Well, they've got a great team. I don't agree with it, by the way. I would never lock oh, somebody up for that long a time. Uh, and, you know, look at Bryce Harper, 13 years. Mike Trout, a Hall of Famer, he's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. He got a 12-year deal. Uh, you rarely see players as young as they are in their prime uh, or even their primes ahead of them as free agents. So they're getting – these players, according to statistics, they're going to get their best years. Their best years are ahead of them. Mm. And and the Dodgers have a great team. They lost to the cheating Astros in 17 and yeah. the Red Sox in, uh, in, in 2018. And they're very close to winning the World Series. And they've got, a, you know, phenomenal other guys on their team. And this just fortifies it. So they think they can get several rings. Now, if you're Andrew Friedman, unfortunately, no relation to me, the, the executive vice president and general manager of the Dodgers, you know, he, he's going to ownership and he and his lieutenants are, and they're saying, all right, they're, I'm sure they've broken it down. 
we're going to get his best years from now, you know, the, whatever window that is. And so he's like 31, 32, uh-huh. and then he's going to go into a decline, and then he's going to go into probably a steep decline. Uh-huh. How many rings will it take? Or we say, all right, this is worth it. You know, the, we, we will take the bad years to go with the great years, you know, and, and whatever their calculus came up with, obviously it was acceptable. The Dodgers have unbelievably deep pockets. They've got tons of money, money to burn. And they're, you know, this guy's going to average $30 million a year. Again, that's a long time. But for the Dodgers, they find that under their cushions. And they don't have anybody locked up after 2023, I don't think, or 2022. But so I I, I guess my my more specific question would be, like, do you think in this negotiation it came up from Mookie's side that, like, no, we we demand, like, we want to be locked up until I'm 40? Or do you think they wanted so much money that the Dodgers decided – the best way to stretch out the money he wants is to is to make it a contract until he's 40. Um, I'm sure he wanted as long a contract as he could possibly get. You know, for a long time, he resisted. He told the Red Sox who wanted to sign him to a long-term deal. I'm no, I'm, I'm testing the free Asian market. What I think changed his mind, one, he got tons of money from the Dodgers, but two, the pandemic. Because everybody says all these revenues have gone down. Player salaries are going to go down. Clubs just won't be able to afford what they did. And so I don't think he would have gotten a better deal on the open market. So what this does, it's his $360 million insurance policy. And it's, yeah. it's 12 years, 365. Uh, he's going to make another $27 million this year. Uh, so make it three. I see I know these things. I just remember these 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 numbers here that's your gift i'm sure he and his representative said look with this pandemic there's a, so much there's so much that's unknown for the future you've got a chance to lock up 365 million dollars you break your ankle tomorrow you never play another game in your life this is yours mm-hmm. and by the way it gets like a 65 million dollar signing bonus but all that money is guaranteed wow. it guards against an injury <laughs> you get that money no matter what put your name on that contract and you know even with the pandemic and all these unknowns, that money is yours the second you sign that deal. And the case with baseball, yeah, in the case with baseball, it's not a salary cap sport. So if I were a well, Dodger fan, I'm not. But like, It's a luxury tax sport. You go over a certain uh, threshold and, and you pay luxury tax. If you, if you go over a certain threshold twice in a row, you really get penalized. I mean, it's a huge penalty to the club. So a lot of clubs like, but, but a financial penalty, right? So still like if they're able to pay it, then it's as a fan, it's not my problem. Like it's, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like it, like in the case of the NBA, you go over the luxury tax and then you can't sign any more players. Like you, you can't sign players over the cap, but it, but in major league baseball, at the end of the day, it's the Dodgers money, not mine. Well, but if you go over the cap like two years in a row and you go over a, like a, you know, let's say it was $207 million, the luxury tax threshold, and you go over that a second year, every dollar over that, you get taxed 50%. Hmm. That's fun. That's a lot of money for a team. So a lot of times you'll see teams roll back. Okay, we exceeded 207 million. Next year, we got to go backwards. We got to get under 207 million. And then the year following that, we can explode with free agency if we want and then sign players. So there's there's a lot of that maneuvering and fans don't like it. And I, you might see teams try to do away with that. Look, look luxury taxes, salary caps, all they are is the owners saying to the players, please agree to this because we don't trust ourselves in spending. Otherwise, we'll yeah. go crazy. And why players agree to that, I have no idea. <laughs> Do you have um, – so we're, we're starting a 60-game a Major League Baseball season begins tonight. Um, do you, and, and, you know, we talked about the fact that firmly, for me as a sports fan, 
I'm going to look at whoever wins this World Series, whoever wins this NBA title, this Stanley Cup, and unless it's my Panthers or my Heat, maybe I'll look at it differently. But I, I'm probably going to look at whoever comes out victorious in these leagues. It's just it's it's not a normal championship. Like there's always going to be an asterisk. I'm not I'm not going to look at it the same way that I look at a, a quote unquote regular championship. But with that said, um, is is there any team that you think uh, maybe will get an advantage here with, with a with a sixty game schedule? Like, do you have like any any favorite any pick for the World Series? I'd have to look at that. I think the Yankees are a big a big favorite. I think the Dodgers with their lineup are a big favorite. You know, both teams are playing tonight, not not against each other. Uh, but the early game is the Yankees. The, the later game is the Dodgers. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's the night game. Um, I think they both could. You, I think you'll see teams with veteran pitchers who might, whose arms might wear out during a, you know, a, a, a long 162 game season. Well, now you got these guys on, you know, they're probably going to make, what, uh, you know, a dozen starts during the year before the playoffs start. And that's it. Their arms could be just entering the the really good part of the year, and they're going to pitch in the most important games, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in in being the playoffs. And so teams like that could, you know, be at a real advantage. We, you know, got aging arms aren't going to matter so much because there's not going to be a lot of wear and tear on these guys. Hmm. Yeah, like, because uh, there are little quirks like that with all these leagues, right, where for the NBA, for example – I don't think a whole lot changes in the NBA because it's still, to me, the NBA is still such a superstar driven league. Like I'm not, you know, just because the circumstances are strange doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to say, well, now it's time to bet against the Giannis Antetokounmpo's and the LeBron James's of the world. Like those to me are still the teams that have the big advantages. Right. But I will say that as far as teams that can make like surprising runs, maybe deep in the playoffs, the fact that you're coming now off of more than four months away from organized basketball and you have like a very brief exhibition window or a scrimmage window to get yourself back in shape. I think it does maybe create a slight advantage for the teams that have younger players, deeper rotations, good conditioning programs. I'm essentially describing the Miami heat and I'm not expecting them to win the title. I'm not, I I would not go that far, but I think the Heat are more likely, depending on how the seeding goes, because you have these eight seeding games, and there are certain teams you want to avoid, of course. But uh, I, I think that the circumstances of this year make it more likely they could make a run, say, to the Eastern Conference Finals, because I think that they are going to benefit from the idea that they've got a deep rotation, a lot of young players who are probably better equipped to come back after four months away from basketball and play games in a tight window. That would be something. Let, let me. That would be great if the Heat could. Let me bring up something here that could happen in the bubble, which is much easier to happen in a bubble than if there weren't. Because you brought up Giannis Antetokounmpo tampering. Yes. If you're, if you're an executive of the team, you tell your players, you know what, just go have a beer with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mention all the good things about our team and our market. And there's nothing wrong with players having beers and doing this and interacting. I'm telling you, that is going to be – it's going to be tampering central for a guy like that who's going to be a free agent. You can't tell me that any team that's interested in is going to send their troops out, their players, and just say, you know what, do your best sales job on this guy. It's I guarantee it's going to happen. There's no way it doesn't happen. Agree or disagree? Point out to you, agree 100%. And let me point out to you that the Milwaukee Bucks are staying at the Grand Destino Tower at the Coronado Springs. Who else? I'm in the Cor- okay, I'm in the Coronado Springs. I've been there. 
it's the new they just built like a brand new wing there and it's okay. like like they, they built like a brand new tower there that's like super luxury it's a lot better than like the regular coronado rooms so that's where the milwaukee bucks are staying also staying at the grand destino the miami heat ah okay? what a coincidence what a coincidence so here's you can't my tell only me that mr riley or somebody is like saying go 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 yeah Butler, go sell them it's really unfortunate that uh, Pat Riley is not in the bubble, and and I'm fine with that because he's in his 70s. He decided oh, not to go. He 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 made the right decision not to go down there. But it's it's unfortunate though that Riley is not there because I would love to see him drop those rings in a secret. You know, meet <laughs> meet me at the uh, meet me at the ice machine down the hall, and let me drop right. my rings on the ice machine for you. So no, so the Heat are going to rely on you know the likes of. Uh, uh, of Jimmy Butler and and Bam Adebayo, hopefully they can you know find their way into the same bar or the same room as Giannis Antetokounmpo. But you're dead on, you're spot on with the tampering. The tampering is going to happen because a lot of these guys who play for other teams are friends and friendly anyway, right? Know, and and so this is only going to give them more it, chance to hang out. Go ahead. It, I I don't know the rules well enough. If one player, I don't think it's it's player to player talking is tampering. Eric Spolstra can't go up to Giannis Antetokounmpo other than to say hello, but if it's if it's Jimmy Butler, if it's Duncan Robinson, if it's anybody on the Heat, right? Can't, can't they just say, you know, here are the advantages of playing for Miami? Um, I I don't think when it's player you to could, player, you couldn't enforce that. You can't enforce that. That that's the key. You can't enforce it. I I still I from my understanding, it's still not allowed. Like Jimmy Butler can't like is not allowed to strike up a conversation like, like, Hey, like Giannis, it's, it's really great playing for Miami. Here's what's great about the heat. Technically that's not allowed, but they, they don't like the NBA does not police it so much that they say, Oh, players are not allowed to talk on the phone. They're not allowed to meet one another. They're not allowed to have dinner. Like they, they don't police it like that. And I'm assuming they don't have everyone's phones bugged, right? And that, that they don't have like hidden microphones at the grand destino listening in. So it's going to happen. Well, it's like in the NFL. I know you've got the, the the three the legal tampering period and all that for players to negotiate. But all of a sudden, like when free agency begins at twelve oh one a.m. or whenever it is, deals are announced right away. So right. everybody does it. Everybody talks with other teams. Everybody knows their players are going to be. Or teams talk with other players. Every team does it. Every team knows that their players are going to talk to other teams as well. And you know what? It's like this, Dono. You know, everybody does yep. it. Everybody, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I'm not going to say anything. But everybody does it, and nobody complains because your team does it too. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And and to what I was talking about with like depth and and conditioning, uh, that that's really come into play like in European soccer because when all these leagues came back from their time away, you know, instead of playing one game a week, they've been playing basically every three days. Right. And so the difference between the haves and the have nots has grown gigantic Frito, because there are certain, there are certain clubs that have been having okay years, but maybe they only have, you know, they have 11 really good players who are starters and then maybe two or three players that are decent that they bring off the bench. Well, you come back, you're playing games every three days, you start to get some injuries, right? And, and your guys start your, your regular starting 11 starts getting tired because you're playing every three days. And then you have to start rotating the starting lineups. And then these teams are getting crushed now. And the really deep teams that have, you know, seven or eight options off the bench are running away with it. And the teams that are not so deep are getting killed. So we may see kind of like a, you know, not quite as serious, but maybe like a more minor version of that in the NBA. Yeah, but see, I... 
if the Heat wins, are you going to reverse yourself and say, all right, I consider them the you legitimate NBA champions? 100% because I am a fraud. And if the, <laughs> if the Knicks happen to win, and I know that will never happen. But if well, they no, did, the, 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 the Knicks are not even in the bubble, right? Like they, oh, they that's right. They invited. are. That's, yeah. Okay, but let's say a team – I'm sorry, you're right. I forgot about that. But let's say a team that you hate is is, is in there. You can't stand it. You're obviously going to say it's, it's illegitimate. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you have exposed my fraud, and I make no excuse for it. They, if my team wins a championship, I will celebrate it like it's any other title. You, you're a Miami Heat fan. Let's say – or any the fan of any team there in the bubble or the fan of any baseball team or football team. I, and I, as a parent, I, you know, my twins just turned 13. They're teenagers. Both of you guys have young children. You're relatively young yourself. Would you fault anybody – who said, you know what, I just can't take the risk on me getting it, my child getting it, my unborn child soon to be born getting it. You're holding it against anyone who says, you know what, I'm out. I just can't take the risk of playing this year. I'll give you my answer when we come back. We'll wrap up the Dono and Frito show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. This is TJ Holmes with Good Morning America, and you are listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Frito, to answer your question from before the break, if I think about any any player who you know was uh, was considering entering the NBA bubble or the MLS bubble, NHL bubble, yeah, I mean, if if you have to make considerations, if you're in a spot in your life where, let's say, you have a spouse or a child who has pre-existing condition, an immunodeficiency, or you know maybe an elderly parent who lives with you or spends a lot of time with you who has an issue like that. I don't I don't blame any of these athletes if they decided to opt against playing in one of these bubble situations for for that reason that they or or even to play an upcoming season if you're not in a bubble because you don't want to expose, you know, a relative or or someone who lives with you close to you to that, you know, sort of health risk with COVID-19. I I don't blame anyone. In fact, um, it, it it's it's happened multiple times with NBA players. There were a couple of MLS players, including, you know, and I, we don't know what the exact reason was, nor should we a privacy thing, but, you know, inter Miami striker, Robbie Robinson, uh, shortly after arriving at the Orlando bubble, left the bubble for a family consideration. You know, again, we don't know why, but I'm, I'm assuming it maybe had to do with some kind of a health issue in the family. Um, I, I think we kind of have to understand that, and I know a lot of fans don't, right? Because we've heard this a lot, Frito, hosting sports talk shows over the years. When you bring up an issue like this, not exactly like this, because this is uncharted territory with COVID-19, but you bring up issues of, let's say, a player takes a day off because their their wife gave birth, right? You're always going to have fans say, bro, these guys are making millions of dollars. Like, wh- how are you being so soft? Why are you being so selfish? You hear stuff like that. Uh, I, I I never fault a player if if you have a death in the family, if you have a serious illness in the family, or if you ha- have a child that was just born. I never fault these guys for taking a day off. So I'm certainly not going to start faulting players 
for, you know, taking time off for COVID-19 considerations. Uh, I'm guessing, Frito, you're with me on that? This is life and death. This isn't just, you know, oh, I'm going to sit out. He's soft. You know, he's got a, a hurt hamstring. He should tough it out and play it. This is life and death. And, you know, being, you know, I'm a Cubs fan. Now, I don't know if, the, if, if these guys are considered high risk or just higher risk, but you've got two cancer survivors on the Cubs, Anthony Rizzo and John Lester, and that puts them at a much higher risk than the normal person. And both are playing. And I would not fault either of them or both of them if they said, you know, we just can't take the chance. This is too much uncharted territory Our, you know, where our wives are just, uh, you know, they're, they're too valuable to us and our families. We just don't want to take the chance. I would have no problem with that whatsoever. None. And Mike Trout, best player in baseball. He, his wife is expecting their first, first child. He's expressed doubts. Obviously, I guess he's going to play. He would have bowed out by now. Mm-hmm. But I would not have faulted him. One bit, if you said, you know what, I just, I, my wife is expecting our first child. I just don't want to take the chance. I mean, I, I think that uh, that sometimes, and I, I certainly, uh, at times in my life, I'm sure I've been guilty of this, where you just don't think of professional athletes as being normal people. Like they, they at the end of the day, they are, and maybe not normal people, but real people, right? Where, you know, normal guy, you work a desk job, chances are, if, you know, if you, if, if a child is born, if your wife has a child, you're going to take some time off. If you have someone ill in your family, you're going to take some time off, you know, during this era of COVID-19, like Frito, I, I know for you, um, you know, you're, you're keeping your daughters home from school uh, coming up. E- even if they do decide to have in-person classes, you're making a, a conscientious choice not to have your family partake in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for someone like you or for me, you hear stories like that, people understand it, Right. And then for some reason, I guess it's because of the spotlight they're under and the money that they make, you hear about a professional athlete making a choice like that, and people do not accept it. Let me give you a perfect example. It's, it's not quite the same thing, but it's similar. Is And this involves Chris Bosch down here and Prince Fielder, the former baseball player. Bosch was told pretty much, all right, you, you know, he had blood clots. He came back. He played some more, had blood clots recur the next year, and he's never played since. His career is, yep. is done with. It's over. Prince Fielder had a neck injury and was told one day by doctors, you've played your last game. That's it. You are not playing baseball ever again. Both players were 32 years old. Prince Fielder was owed $96 million on his contract, which was all guaranteed. He's got, he got every penny of it. Bosch was, was owed $75 million. And the number of people... And, to, and I and I normally don't rip listeners, but there were so unfeeling, and this was virtually unanimous, the number of people who had no sympathy whatsoever for these guys and just ripped into them. Well, you know, they I because they said, oh, these guys are owed all their money. I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. I said, but imagine you're doing something you've done your entire adult life and throughout your whole life, you excelled at it. You were great at it. This was the, it brought you, the biggest joy of your life. And all of a sudden you're told as of today, right now at 32, you can never do that again, ever. Chapter two begins starting today. You can never go back to chapter one. I don't care. They're owed, you know, $96 million and $75 million. I don't give a damn. Like, but they're told something they love. They can never, ever do again. Can you put aside the money just for the sake of discussion? No, I cannot. Because they, they treated these people Differently. I can you imagine if, if you know something you love, whether it's something like watching soccer or playing soccer or hosting radio, all of a sudden you were told that's it. You can never ever do that again starting right now. 
Yeah, it would be incredibly painful. It, it would be. And and when you put it in terms like that, I, I think more people would understand and accept it. Um, you know, I, I mean, everybody knows that you can't play sports professionally as long as you can do just about any other job. Like any other job on the planet, you can probably do it into your 60s, maybe even 70s in some cases and beyond, where obviously the ceiling on a professional athlete, for most people, it's somewhere in the mid to late 30s. But in the case of the players you brought up, like, Chris Bosch and Prince Fielder still had a handful of very good years, great years left to give to their sport. Right. And and we're talking about great players. Like we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, Chris Bosch, certainly going to be a future basketball hall of famer. I mean, you Prince Fielder, he's probably going to get brought up in hall of fame conversations uh, for baseball as well. Like these guys are at the top of their craft. And I think every great athlete has an idea in their head of I'm going to be able to call my own shot. Right. Like, when the day comes, whether I'm 35, 38, 40, when the day comes where I can no longer do this anymore at a high level, I'm going to be the one to make that decision. Like right. I'm going to be the one to decide I'm going to walk away. And then, of course, everybody has the dream of, you know, like the second time Michael Jordan retired or the first, whatever you want to call it, you know, walking away right after winning a championship with the Bulls or, or Peyton Manning, you know, who walked away after winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos that's obviously the dream moment for everyone but if nothing else to walk away when you still maybe have some time left in your prime the idea of getting told by a doctor or in Chris Bosch's case by a number of doctors because he was seeking the second third fourth opinions to be told by doctors it's just not safe for you to do this anymore we cannot approve of you playing that's like worst case scenario that is heartbreaking for an athlete to have to walk away that way yeah, and, and the fact that the, my listeners, almost to a person, just said, forget it. I don't care. I don't give a damn. I don't feel sorry for them whatsoever. Like, they just couldn't put the money aside. They, they, yeah. These guys are different. Look, if I if I lost my job, I wouldn't get any compensation whatsoever. So why should I feel sorry for these people that are owed millions of dollars? I said, but you're 32. You're really just beginning your life. If you live, you know, a normal life expectancy, you're still in the relatively early innings of your life. And now all of a sudden, you're, 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 the thing you absolutely, absolutely love to do, gone forever, forever. You'll never do it again. Prince Fielder, maybe can never get even to a batting cage. I don't know what the restrictions are. Can Chris Bosch play pickup basketball? Probably not. Not without the risk. So I, I want to bring up one more thing before we wrap it up in a few minutes. Um, this is fantastic. Frito, you and I have both seen this today. Uh, I guess this goes to show you how deep we're digging for some sporting events now as we've missed it for the last four months. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is coming back to boxing, as is Roy Jones Jr. They will fight one another in an eight-round exhibition match. I, I don't know if we have the date. No, we don't have the date yet. September 12th. Oh, we do have the date now. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you had that because I'm reading a, a tweet from – Kevin Ioli from Yahoo Sports, who I think broke the news a few hours ago. And at the time he broke it, he didn't have the date. But I guess now we have the date, September 12th, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition match. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Frito, I am expecting the quality of this fight to be incredibly poor. And yet I cannot wait to watch it because there's going to be, you know, hopefully, hopefully, especially Tyson, because, you know, he, he's more of the power puncher and Roy Jones was the all-around athlete. I'm hoping Tyson has some of that power left because if he can, like, catch Roy Jones and put him out in the second round, I'm going to be running around my living room going crazy. Like, this is – oh, man, this is, this is going to be terrible boxing more than likely, but I cannot wait to see it. 
you remember what I said earlier? And I'm not changing topics here. This is along the same lines. Mm-hmm. I said last night the Cubs and the White Sox played an exhibition, and Anthony Rizzo hit a home run. And because there was nobody in the stands, you could hear the crack of the bat so loud. I can remember Tyson in his prime. You could hear his glove yep. hit the face of somebody else. You could. I mean, it would make that loud a noise when he would connect right on with, with somebody. And, and, you know, other guys – they might not admit it, but you just tell they got scared being in the same ring as him. Maybe not after he lost to James Buster Douglas, but before then, this guy was just, you know, unbelievable. I mean, such a young power puncher. And just, I mean, he came out of, you know, he was, what, 19, 20, 21 when he won the heavyweight championship? Just an incredible talent and such a young age. So Mike Tyson is 54 years old. Yep. Roy Jones Jr., 51. That's actually for, for Tyson. I think he's even maybe a couple years younger than I expected. I just looked them up on Wikipedia. Roy Jones, maybe a couple years older than I expected. Cause it was, I don't know if it was like nine, 10 years ago, he must've just turned like 40 the last time I saw him fight. And of course he had, you know, he had lost his speed at that point. I mean, for a guy like him that just relied so much on his head movement and, and his footwork, you're going to lose that by the time you, you hit 40 for sure. But at 54 years old, and 50, 51 years old. I mean, Frito, do you think I speak for 99% of America or the world when I say a Mike Tyson knockout? That's the outcome everyone wants. Like, that that's what everyone wants to see, right? Like, no one wants to see Roy Jones win this fight. Everyone wants to see Tyson put him on his ass. I do, too. I want Tyson to just knock him out. Absolutely. I want to see that old Mike Tyson, you know, the former phenomenal champion, you know, who just came on you know, like lightning. I mean, when his career started, I mean, he came out of relatively nowhere and all of a sudden just the guy seemed unbeatable, unbeatable, just, just incredible to watch him fight when he was in his prime in his young prime. Oh, so we have that look, that to look forward to. That's a week before my birthday. So I cannot, that's going to be like an early birthday present is watching Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. So man, the, the time flies, man, that'll do it for us. Want to send a huge thank you to both the amigo Larry Million mm-hmm. and to Frank Fernandez for for bringing us back. Like obviously, uh, we, we had been doing a regular thing here before the pandemic. You have limitations now going to studios, so uh, I, I'm I'm so thankful, and I know Frito is so thankful that Absolutely. they were able to, to figure out a way to bring us back through the magic of technology. So huge shout out to the amigo, huge shout out to Frank the Tank running things behind the scenes for Frito. I'm Dono. We'll talk to everyone next week here on Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Dono and Frito show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145.